Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Drivers, start your engines! Let's go into the smoke with Evan Ludwig. And welcome back to yet another edition of Into the Smoke Podcast Edition right here on Sports Radio FNZ's Podcasting Network. I'm your host, as always, Evan Smoke Ludwig, and we have a dandy for you today. Goodness, what a finish to the race at Atlanta over the weekend. It somehow exceeded expectations and really has the NASCAR world set ablaze. We got a lot to talk about, so... Let's talk about the biggest story in motorsports to start things out. A three-wide finish to end the race, and not just any three-wide finish. A three-wide finish where the separation between first and second place is three one-thousandths of a second. That is tied for the second-closest finish in NASCAR history. (laughs) And Kyle Busch wasn't that far behind. The top seven were under a blanket, essentially, And most importantly, the winner of the race is Daniel Suarez. And this win could not come at a better time for Daniel Suarez because heading into this year, I said it last week when you were listening to Into the Smoke, he is probably the driver under the most pressure to win and be successful this year. Now, this win doesn't guarantee everything for him, but it does give him some, not all, but some kind of protection. Kind of like, oh, I got this on the back of my head. So, you know, if I don't do as well, it could help me. Now, Daniel Suarez's career has been one where it seems like he's always having to fight the odds since joining the Cup Series. Because, A, he came into the Cup Series honestly too soon because he was forced up due to Carl Edwards' sudden retirement in 2017, fresh off an Xfinity Series title. Then he kind of got left a little bit too soon, in my opinion, at Joe Gibbs. Then he goes to Stuart Haas for one year and basically a prove-it deal in all intents and purposes. Doesn't work out for him there. Has to go to a small Toyota team, Gaunt Brothers Racing. Gets this opportunity with Trackhouse, which at the time we had no idea the impact Trackhouse was going to have on NASCAR in the short amount of time it's been here. And... The first year, it was like, okay, you know, he wasn't in the best equipment, but there was a lot of signs. Year two, which was the first year of Ross Chastain, he had his career year, had a lot of runs that honestly could have been better, but just was not in the right circumstance at the right place at the right time. And then he finally got the win at Sonoma, made the playoffs, didn't really make that much of a dent in the playoffs. And then last year was a huge step back for him, especially considering what his teammate Ross Chastain was doing last year, which was contending. So heading into this year, it felt like, given the circumstance of Shane Van Ginsbergen is now in the developmental pipeline working for colleague and with uh, Trackhouse on a part-time basis, and, oh, they have a developmental driver driving for Spire and Zane Smith, and Daniel Suarez is entering the final year of his current contract with 
track house, I mean, all the wisdom you think can say, well, this is a make or break year for Daniel Suarez. And I still think it is. I, I think, first off, the finish of the race. It was amazing to see a plate race, or a, not a plate race, but a drafting race end as clean as it did, let alone three wide within an inch of one another. But for the fact that it has such a great storyline of Daniel Suarez getting to victory lane, Ryan Blaney defending champion. He, he beat Ryan Blaney, the defending champion of the NASCAR Cup Series, and the other guy who was scrunched in the middle of that was Kyle Busch, a two-time champion, certified Hall of Famer, has done almost anything and everything you can do in this sport. For him to do that is a massive accomplishment for Daniel Suarez. Heck, the, the moment where I felt like Daniel Suarez could be something in NASCAR was when he won his first Xfinity race, when he went toe-to-toe, mano-a-mano with Kyle Busch at Michigan and was able to pass him cleanly for the win. And I, I've always been a fan of Daniel Suarez. I've always felt like there's been potential. Last year's kind of been rocky, but he had a good car at Daytona. just didn't go so well. And, of course, he kept his car clean. I think it was one of only like five or six cars not to have any damage at all in the race at Atlanta and was able to win. Win the race and potentially, unless we get – too crazy uh, in this season, lock himself into the playoffs for September. But looking at the idea of him like, oh, he's now got it safe, his job is safe. Maybe if this was a little later in the season and we had a bigger sample size and he was doing pretty good, all he just didn't do was win, I would say, yeah, you're probably right. You might be right. He, he might have saved his job in the 99 car. But – we still got a long ways to go in this season. And I hate to say that. I hate to be a Debbie Downer in this situation because I like Daniel Suarez. He's a very talented racer, and I, I hope nothing but the best for him. But we have to realize this is only race two where he won this race. We don't know how the 23-24 races in the regular season are going to play out for him the rest of the way. I mean, he could have won this race and then would be fighting in the middle of the pack for the rest of the regular season and then do nothing in the playoffs and then boom. He's a blip on the radar, round of 16 elimination. And then you're like, oh, wow, he should have not jumped to a conclusion here. You know? It's kind of weird how NASCAR works like that compared to if a team gets off to a hot start in the NFL or a team gets off to a hot start in the NBA. It's like, oh, tremendous. And then you're like, oh, yeah. Or actually, I'll, I'll put it in a better sense. Getting off to a hot start right now is almost like getting off to a hot start in the MLB. I, I think that's a more accurate display because we've seen so many teams throughout the years in Major League Baseball. I remember last year the Pirates got off to a hot start in April and the early May. They were not close to the playoffs by the end of the year. Tigers, I think, had something like that a couple of years ago too. They were not close to the playoffs at the end of the year. Now, NASCAR, it's different because you can lock yourself in in this situation, but just because you're having a hot start right now doesn't mean you're going to be sitting all pretty by the time we get to September and October. So that's the thing, the situation we have with Daniel Suarez to look out for is that, you know, we can have this play out. And and honestly, we haven't gotten a good read on these cars and these drivers and these teams this year because the first two tracks have been drafting tracks. Like, we're, we're kind of, I mean, we'll, we'll get into it a little bit later, but we are really flying in blind to this weekend's race at Las Vegas. I mean, yeah, you can use past data, but I also point out uh, there's two two manufacturers have two new bodies this year. Ford has a different Mustang model, and Toyota has a different Camry model or a different model of the Camry up front. So 
yeah, we're kind of flying in blind. And also, I think that plays a factor into why we've seen two Chevys win. But, you know, I, I don't know if it'll change this weekend or what, but it, it's going to be interesting. And I just don't think we can write it saying automatically right now, Daniel Suarez is going to be with Trackhouse for the long term. Because as I've mentioned, what was the reason why he was being on the hot seat outside of entering a contract year after a uh, disappointing year in 2023? Shane Van Gensbergen went into Trackhouse day one on a street course. Yeah, you can say it's a street course, but he went into a stock car and blew the field out at the Chicago street course. And, And given it's early, he's had some solid runs on the drafting tracks. Zane Smith, a truck series champion. He's a future prospect. He's got a lot of potential. He's also a factor, too. He's essentially a developmental driver for Trackhouse. So, yeah, we can say that Daniel Suarez, you know, he might have saved himself. Yeah, maybe, but we don't know what the plans are this offseason upcoming. Trackhouse might buy a new charter, which means there are three car team, three full car teams instead of just a two full car team which could mean that Daniel Suarez could get the, uh, become the redheaded stepchild if things don't work out for the remainder of this year, where he's still a track house, but he's not in the 99 car. He's in that car, a brand-new team from scrap. I have no idea. We're going to have to let this play out. I know Justin Mark says he's not on the hot seat, and I know Daniel Suarez says he's not, you know, not going to get rest on his laurels now, which absolutely right. We just don't know how to play it out. And making a, a big statement like that after week two, I, I just think is not the best idea. Like I said last week, and now this was a different circumstance somewhat, but Ryan Newman won the Daytona 500 in 2008. It was a massive win for him. He needed that in the worst possible way. It had been two and a half years since he last won a race in 05. Roger Penske asked him to resign right then and there. Didn't want to. He wanted to see let things play out. Guess what? It was another mediocre year. He had finally had enough at Penske, and he joined Tony Stewart with Stewart Haas Racing. We don't know how this stuff can play out. Just because you win this early in the season doesn't mean you're locked in. Locked in for a deal long-term. Now, locked into the playoffs, most likely. But we've, we've kind of gotten hairy here in a couple times. But it's one of those situations where we can't let it play out, but we also have to acknowledge how awesome of a moment it was for Daniel Suarez to win this race in this circumstance where everyone's watching. I mean, it's the numbers were higher for the race this weekend. So for Daniel Suarez, this is a massive, massive weekend for him, and hopefully he's able to capitalize on it throughout the next couple of months. Now, speaking of guys that need to capitalize, essentially the problem of having two drafting tracks in a row is that you could be a top-tier driver but not get off to the best start. And we see two to three names specifically that are on that list. Brad Keselowski, Joey Logano, and Tyler Reddick. Three playoff drivers have not had good finishes at all to start the year. Unfortunately for Reddick Reddick specifically, he got involved in that lap two crash. He also got involved in the big one at Daytona. Keselowski got involved in the big one even though he had one of the best cars and got mixed up with it late and was out with about 45 to go. Joey Logano, things were looking up for him. He had one of the best cars. That he, heck, he probably had the best car at Daytona. Him or Kyle Busch had the best car at Daytona. Gets involved in that same big one. And then right before the end of Stage 2, gets involved in the wreck with him and Chris Buescher. 
we now have two former champions who are below the top 30 in points after two races. Now, it's after two races, but, but, they got to get things going quickly. This West Coast road swing ahead here for Logano and Brad Keselowski is going to be very interesting. And Tyler Reddick. I'd even throw Christopher Bell into that mix as well because he hasn't had the best start to the year. So we're looking at four big names that I just mentioned. Logano, Reddick, Keselowski, and Christopher Bell. All four of those drivers were in the playoffs. Three of those drivers won a race last year. And we're now looking at this situation where, oh, you got to get your bleep together because now we're starting to get into the real meat of the schedule, which is the mile and a half. And next thing you like, you can say, oh, it's only two races in, and you're, you'd be right. The next thing you know, it's going to be, well, we're eight races in. Guess what that means? That means we're nearly, we're a third of the way through the regular season. A little bit under a third of the way through the regular season. And if you don't have your priorities straight and you haven't gotten your you-know-what together, you're going to be in some serious trouble. So this is a situation where now the pressure is accelerated on four former playoff drivers from last year. Of course, Brad Keselowski, it's now been 100 races since he's last entered victory lane as a driver, not an owner, a driver. He's still trying to get his first win at RFK Racing. Feels like this is going to be the year. It's just haven't gotten off to a good start, but you never know. You never know. Bill Elliott went seven years without a win. We've seen a lot of guys go with a long drought without a win. It's been a while since we've seen that here in this current era. The last one I can remember being on a similar losing streak that eventually snapped was Clint Boyer, and that took five years. Five and a half, if we're being exact. So it's now getting into a situation where you're probably kind of feeling a little queasy for Brad. We're nearing three years since he's last won a race. And now he's gotten off to this start to the season, even though he had tremendous cars, just didn't get to the finish because of the circumstances. I get it. I, it's very fair to point out. But the situation is still the situation. Logano had to start to the rear, which it didn't mean anything because he did his pass-through <laughs> under caution because of the wreck on lap two. But he just got fined $10,000. And now we're heading into nearly a full year since he's last won a race. The Atlanta race last year was a little bit later, so we're 11 months out from his last win, nearly three weeks away from it being a year. So it's been a while since the defend, uh, two, uh, two-time champ has won a race. It's a pretty long lose, uh, drought for Joey Logano as well. And Tyler Reddick, you know, I, I still have a lot of high hopes for him. I think he'll be able to get through this as well, but you never know. And that's why you got to fix stuff by the time you get to these mile-and-a-halves and just these next three to four weeks. Plus, Tyler Reddick, now you're looking at your teammate, Bubba Wallace. Bubba Wallace has gotten two top fives. He's been the only guy to get two top fives this season. And if you look at the playoff standings, which way, 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 way too early, Bubba Wallace is fourth. And you're back in the 30s. So, yeah, the pressure's going to start coming on them. And Christopher Bell, too. Christopher Bell, to a lesser extent, in my opinion, but... Christopher Bell's with Joe Gibbs Racing. There's been an expectation for Christopher Bell to win and take that next step. It feels like he's ready to take that next step. Didn't really see it as much last year. Then we see playoff mode Christopher Bell enter the chat, and he becomes a factor again. We don't know what to expect, but see four big names like this behind the eight ball so quick in the season? It's going to be very interesting. And speaking of behind the eight ball, 
We finally got the news earlier today. Stuart Haas continues to have bad news. Uh, This has been a make-or-break year for Stuart Haas in a lot of ways. they got a whole new lineup. No more Kevin Harvick to really carry the load and carry the whole entire team on his back, essentially. you got Ryan Priest back again. Chase Briscoe back again, who's off to outside of wrecking in Atlanta, is off to a solid start, got a top 10 at Daytona. Josh Berry, don't know what to make of him, but we know he's talented from his days in the Xfinity Series. And Noah Gregson getting another shot in the Cup Series after a horrendous year with uh, Legacy Motor Club last year. Unfortunately, they've been do- – uh, Ryan Priest and Noah Gregson are behind the eight ball. They've been docked 35 points each, two two parts that were confiscated before – race weekend so if you're in that situation if you're Stuart Haas talk about being behind the eight ball and needing these next three weeks to be big or next four to five weeks you need them to be big and they're probably under the most pressure because Stuart Haas is at a real crossroads right now I have a lot of hope for Chase Briscoe I think he's going to be a very talented driver I've been a fan of his for a while I think he'll be fine Josh Berry, I don't know, but you got Rodney Childers as your crew chief. I think you're going to be, at the very least, okay long-term. But Priest, his job ain't safe. Gregson, I don't think his job's that safe, even though he just got there, maybe. But having this situation happen this early in the year after being in a must-prove, must-be-good situation, it's not good for this team. It's not good at all. So it's going to be very interesting to see how Stuart Haas handles these next few weeks outside of these guys that are behind the eight ball and points as well. But I also, you know, don't want to be too negative. I feel like we do have to insinuate the positives in this situation as well. And as I've said, Daniel Suarez, great for him, still good for him. Michael McDowell got a top 10 this past weekend and – they had a lot of speed, his first career poll. And Todd Gilliland also had good speed before being knocked out late. I'm hoping this is another sign that, you know, Front Row Motorsports has taken a step in the right direction. We've seen them slowly take steps. 2021, McDowell won to 500. We've seen them win 500 or restrictor plate races before. 2022 was technically better than 2021 for McDowell. He just didn't win. And then last year they won on the road course. Gilliland was a big factor this past weekend in Atlanta. And now I don't know if this is them now working with Penske and their affiliation is what's really helped them. But uh, it feels like and, – and look, we're on two drafting tracks, so I don't know what this week will hold. But I just feel like we're slowly seeing Front Row Motorsports take steps in the right direction to take that next step as a race team. And, and, and speaking of steps in the right direction, I also have to mention Bubba Wallace. Yes, two drafting tracks, but he's gotten two top fives. He's been able to – Really, really lock in and get some good finishes despite some mistakes sometimes. Daytona didn't get enough gas in on that final stop. They got lucky because the big one, and they were able to miss it. But Bubba also got involved in that wreck on lap two, was able to stay afloat, uh, and then overcome a pit stop penalty uh, where he was too fast exiting pit road. So, And they still got a top five. So with Bubba Wallace, this is, you know, coming in was a big year for him because he just came off his first playoff appearance didn't go one and done, at least made it to the second round, but didn't get past. It was too insurmountable to get to the second round for or get past the second round for Bubba. And the only the only thing Bubba didn't do last year was win. His numbers were better in all senses. He matched his top fives last year. 
He matched his top tens last year, and he got a pole. The only thing he didn't do was win. Now the quest for Bubba is to possibly continue that late-season momentum last year and get a win earlier in the year. So that's going to be the intriguing thing to watch with Bubba Wallace, especially as we go off these drafting tracks, which we know he's very good at, is can he get a win? Can he get a win earlier in the season to where he doesn't have to worry to the last week if he's going to make the playoffs or not like he did last year? So those are some positives to take away from the first two weeks, specifically Atlanta this past weekend, is the fact that there's been some feel-good stories already this year, and we're only two weeks in. Now heading on to this weekend at Las Vegas, it's going to be the first true test to whether or not some of these guys that have been good the first two weeks, if it's just a bunch of fugazi because of the track types we're at, or do they actually have some real speed underneath the hood of those cars and they actually can prove it at a mile and a half like Las Vegas. Luckily, I'm excited for this race because the mile and a halfs have been tremendous with this new car. I shouldn't call it new. It's year three of this car, the Gen 7. There. it's The cars have been tremendous. This Gen 7 car has been tremendous for this type of racetrack. And Las Vegas is a tough track, especially in the turns of some of the bumps that can come back and bite you in the rear out of nowhere. It's going to be a lot of fun to see what happens, who gets caught, who messes up, and more importantly, who wins. And with that, let's get to my picks for the weekend in the burnout. Evan thinks he's pretty smart when it comes to NASCAR. The inner machinations of my mind are an enigma. Let's see if that holds up as he tries to pick the race winners in the burnout. All right, it's another triple header weekend for NASCAR, so that means the Truck Series is leading things off on Friday night. The Victoria's Voice Foundation 200, presented by Westgate Resorts. Coverage begins at 9 p.m. on FS1 if you want to watch it. I'm going to go with another guy who's a Cup Series guy coming down to Truck Series to win, and it's the guy who won last week, and it's the hometown guy. Kyle Busch is my pick to win the Truck Series race this weekend. Now the Xfinity Series, which is going to be on Saturday afternoon on FS1 as well at 5 p.m., the Luina. The Luina? L-I-U-N-A, exclamation point. I don't know what that is. I'm sorry if I completely butchered that, but it is what it is. I will say Austin Hill is not going to win this weekend. I feel pretty safe in saying Austin Hill is not going to go three for three this weekend at Las Vegas. My pick to win this weekend is actually his former teammate, Sheldon Creed gets his first and finally gets his first win in the Xfinity Series. He's been so close so many times. And now with Joe Gibbs Racing, I feel like this is going to be the week where he enters victory lane. And in the NASCAR Cup Series, the Pennzoil 400 presented by Jiffy Lube. Coverage begins at 3.30 p.m. on Fox. Chevys have been two for two, and with these new bodies, I feel like the Fords and Toyotas are going to have some trouble with these new cars for them this year. So expect the Chevy to go to victory lane. But I'm not going with a Hendrick Chevy. I'm going with a different track house Chevy this weekend. I'm going with Ross the Boss Chastain. He'll be smashing that watermelon on Sunday afternoon in Sin City. So once again, my picks are Kyle Busch for the Truck Series race. Truck Series Kyle Busch. Xfinity Series, I'm going with Sheldon Creed to get his first career win. And expect the watermelon to be completely demolished 
right at the start-finish line on Sunday, Ross Chastain wins at Vegas. Be sure to tune in next week as we'll recap the first true test for a lot of these teams at Las Vegas, and we'll preview the next race at Phoenix. But until then, hope you all have a good week and stay fast. In Jesus' name, boogity, boogity,